The North Forker Weekend Podcast is brought to you by Sherry Winter Parker of Corcoran. Sherry is the North Fork's top real estate agent and top producer from 2005 through 2020. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the North Forker Podcast. I am Miklina Tafan, and I'm joined today by Felicia Lalomia and Tara Austin. Hi, ladies. Hi, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Happy Wednesday. Yes, happy sunny and... I'm going to call this warm Wednesday. <laughs> Approaching warm. We're certainly getting there. I don't yeah. know where, how it happened, but February is almost done, you guys. It really, it feels just a tiny bit like spring today. It does. And I love that we are on today to talk about our March issue, um, which just the whole magazine feels so springy to me and so uplifting. Um, and I feel like it fits on this day to chat about it. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Sarah, um, as you know, and Felicia, you too, we have a whole new look this year to our magazine, and I'd love that we talk about it a bit. Yeah, we're really excited about this issue. We um, we took a step back and we thought in the spirit of spring and new beginnings, we'd give it just a little refresh to our look um, and to some of the pages and come up with new um, columns for you guys to read in the print magazine Obviously, North Forker is a beloved magazine and a beautiful magazine. So this wasn't, you know, some kind of like, um, you know, fixer-upper project where we tore it down. Not a completed over. It was much more sort of giving it a fresh coat of paint and a spring cleaning and um, just um, giving it a little refresh. So I hope that um, people will enjoy uh, checking it out and uh, tell us what they think. Yes, we're excited to hear everyone's feedback, and we hope that you really love it. Um, and with that, we have a lot of a whole new kind of front of book here. Um, a lot of new pages in the beginning of the magazine that you'll see that are um, new, and um, we are excited to talk about some of them. Um, we're going to have a, a monthly page called Hidden North Fork, um, and this is kind of just talking about a place, um, whether it is a store or a location or a thing to do, that is maybe something that you don't know of. Um, So the first one we kicked it off with was um, Agora Greek Market in Mattituck, um, right off of Lovelane on Pike Street. Um, This is a shop that I love to go in. I mean, they have amazing pastries and spanakopita and cheese and olives, but they also are a great spot for gifts, which um, you might not know. I've gotten so many gifts there before. Um, They have tchotchkes, home goods, little ceramics, really pretty jewelry, Greek-inspired jewelry, um, and I just really love this spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about this page. I think one of the fun things, among the many fun things about working at North Forker is just the ability every day to be poking around and exploring and not just finding what's brand new and exciting, but also sort of these little hidden spots that might not um, be as well known or as flashy, but that we absolutely adore and that make, you know, living here so special. So you know, nobody does that more than us. And I think a lot of our new pages are designed to emphasize, um, you know, the the expertise that we have just because we are always talking to everyone out here and, and jumping into stores. And so I love um, hearing from you guys about what you've seen and, and finding little spots to highlight for our readers. Definitely. It's a lot of fun to do. Uh, Felicia, you've been writing another one of our new front of book pages called The List. Let's hear about it. 
Mm -hmm. So this, the list is kind of um, a collection of the best, you know, certain kind of dish on the North Fork. So we started out our first issue with out-of-the-box burgers. So these are um, five or six different burgers from different places, different restaurants along the North Fork that have something a little bit different about them. Um, so like the Bimney Burger at Casey's Place um, sounds like your regular burger, but on top of it, they put fried scallops. So it's kind of like a surf and turf burger, which is really cool. Um, there's an ahi tuna burger at First and South. Um, there's a cheddar, a cheddar bacon burger at Windermere, which sounds normal, but it's made with a tomato jam and um, caramelized onion. So kind of like um, whether or not the, the patty is made differently or the toppings are made differently. These are like a bunch of different out-of-the-box burgers. And the, the list is going to be a front of book page that dives into the best dishes within that category. I love this. Um, although I don't eat many of these, um, <laughs> it's so much fun to read about. Uh, and I'm, I can't wait to see what the whole year brings. Yeah. Nicolina will definitely do a list of the best vegetarian dishes just for you. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> and for all of our vegetarian and vegan <laughs> readers and listeners. <laughs> that sounds like a fun, fun idea to do. Um, so let's talk about, our first feature in the magazine, uh, which is also uh, tied to our cover. Yeah, I mean, definitely not one for our vegan readers, <laughs> <laughs> but we um, we wanted to do a little salute for spring to uh, Long Island duck, and which is one of my favorite things to eat. And um, we looked at the Crescent Duck Farm, which is. Um, sort of the last of a great history of Long Island ducks, of duck farms rather, um, but instead of being sort of straggling and sort of, you know, the sort of a, the last vestige, it's it's doing very well. And even in the pandemic, they've found ways to shift business and reinvest. And if you eat um, around town on the North Fork, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you do, you know Crescent Duck Farm because it is beloved by local chefs. Um, and, and beyond, um, or how delicious their duck is. So Charity Roby, our contributor, went and talked to the farmers about how it gets that way and how they've managed to make their business thrive um, when so many of the duck farms didn't. Um, and I thought it was interesting that one of the keys to their success is being able to do um, some of their own environmental um, sort of clean up on site and having processing there. So um, because they were thinking more sustainably, um, they were able to avoid some of the huge um, fees that um, come along with doing that outside the farm. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting also. And I, yes, I don't eat duck, but I do really appreciate that when farms and farmers um, are thinking sustainably and are you know making sure that that connection is there from the animals to uh, the table really. Um, and on that note, Felicia, following the duck story, you wrote about some really amazing duck dishes on the North Fork. Yeah. So like Sarah said, the duck farm is certainly beloved by many North Fork chefs. And that is evident because it didn't take too much research to find, you know, a ton of duck, amazing duck dishes um, offered at these restaurants. So there's um, we put together a couple different um, duck dishes that um, you should be sure to try. Um, there's a really sort of 
mouthwatering duck breast with creamy garlic polenta at the frisky oyster. And when I say mouthwatering, I mean that literally because my mouth is currently watering. <laughs> I got these photos um, at De Marchelier in Greenport. They have a duck confit, which is a pr- pretty traditional French um, duck dish where the duck is cooked in its own fat um, at like a really low temperature for a long time. Um, and then for something more casual, Barrow Food House has these amazing duck wings um, with a passion fruit glaze um, and a cucumber dipping sauce that um, amazing right now. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. And I love that this piece talks to the chefs directly and we hear from them about how they created these dishes and what makes them so special. Um, we, we have so many fantastic um, creative uh uh, chefs in the area. So we love hearing from them directly. Definitely. Um, and then switching over to drink, uh, Felicia, you wrote a really fun story about Lilia Perez, who's the winemaker at RGNY, um, about her being raised in Mexico, trained in France, and now she's here on the North Fork, which is really special. Yeah, she has a really cool story. I got to spend the day with her a couple months ago. Um, she's a winemaker at RGNY. Um, but she was born in the United States, raised in Mexico, um, and really got her start in the wine industry in Mexico, working for the Mexican Wine Council. Um, and then she got connected with RGNY and she, um, has been working for them for the last couple of years. And while she was working for them, went to school in France and learned a lot more about wine in France. And then a couple of years ago, made the move out here to the North Fork, a place that she'd actually never been before, um, to start working as their winemaker. And this is her first time being a winemaker um, for a winery. So um, she's doing a lot of really cool um, experimental things, um, kind of pulling on her experience in Mexico and her education in France and just kind of um, doing things on her own too. I mean, she showed me one um, Gewurz demeanor that she's fermenting with orange skins, which sounds super fascinating. Um, and she's just a, a super bubbly, happy and passionate woman that, um, was really fun to get to know. Yeah. She's incredibly magnetic. Um, I remember when the pandemic kind of first hit, RGMY was doing a lot of like Facebook lives and, and Instagram lives. And she did a few different, like like tasting along with the winemaker series. And I loved them. She's incredible. She's so brilliant. Um, I love to learn and to hear about the really fun experimental things that she's doing over there. So we're so excited to share the story with our readers. I did too. I mean, I loved her. What came across in the profile is combination of confidence, um, but also curiosity and listening to people who've been on the North Fork longer and sort of taking in the information and, um, you know, using it or not, <laughs> depending yeah. on, you know, the wine that she wants to make. So they're making some delicious wine over there and, and doing some really fun events. So I'm sure that once the warmer weather comes, it's going to be hopping and we hope everybody will check it out. Yeah, definitely. It'll be a fun place this spring and summer to go visit. Felicia, you wrote another story. Um, you pitched this idea and I loved it. I thought it was kind of fun and um, really good because people really wouldn't know about this. Um, and this is about like hidden hidden wine or hidden wineries. Yeah. So I found a couple, there's actually quite a few um, wineries based on the North Fork that don't have tasting rooms, that don't have sort of like that 
physical building that connects, you know, what's happening in the vineyard with the grapes to um, the consumer. Um, so they, their wine is sold either through distributors. I mean, you'll find it in um, different restaurants, but I was able to talk to uh, a couple different people who um, just don't have tasting rooms for different reasons, whether they, they want to focus more on the wine or um, maybe they're kind of working their way up to eventually having a tasting room. But it was interesting to kind of see that different perspective um, from these wineries that maybe you necessarily haven't seen as much because they don't have that tasting room. Yeah. Um, and that was really cool to talk about. And I like that. Um, I got to learn about a lot of um, wineries and wine that I wouldn't really probably know about unless I'm, you know, walk strolling through vintage and Mattatuck and, and right. really trying to seek them out. So it was great. Another story we wrote about, um, actually Grant Parpan wrote this story, is about Mary Sanchez, um, who lives in Laurel, and her community, her neighborhood, um, had basically all of them had nominated her for um, People of the Year, our Person of the Year. Uh, we decided to do a story about her in North Worker Magazine, and um, we just loved learning about how she kind of brought her neighborhood together and her positivity um, and a lot of the really amazing things that she did uh, throughout the pandemic. I mean, I love this story because it shows that you don't have to have lived here for generations to make an impact um, on your neighbors. She was a second homeowner, as, as a lot of people in the area um, are, and found themselves this year suddenly living here full time. Um, she and her husband had planned to retire here a few years down the line, but it got speeded up um, suddenly about a year ago, um, but she immediately started um, a, a food stand to help, um, you know, raise money for uh, the homeless in the area. She held an Easter service on her front yard, non-denominational for all of the people in the neighborhood who couldn't go to church. And, you know, a lot of people came and they'd never met each other before. And suddenly the neighborhood felt much more like a community. Um, so it was really inspiring to see how all of her neighbors kind of wrote in and nominated her and, I love, um, you know, in our pages highlighting people like Crescent Duck Farm, which literally has been, you know, five generations or more on the North Fork. And I love highlighting people who just got here, but are already making a huge impact on our community. Yeah, these people that I like to think of them as like connectors, like these people that are just connecting others together and, and doing such amazing things and for, for the, like out of the good of their heart um, are so important in our community on the North Fork. So we're very thankful for people like like Mary um, and others that do similar things as well. Yeah, and if you know someone like that, tell us about them. We love hearing about people who are making an impact. Definitely. Um, and then, because it is going to be spring very soon, um, and so many of us are so excited to get out on the water, whether that is on a paddleboard or swimming or boating, we have a really fun boating guide um, in the back of the book uh, called Marine Dreams. And this kind of covers everything you need to know about buying a boat, keeping a boat, caring for your boat on the North Fork, um, and more. I mean, I remember looking for a house on the North Fork and our realtor was like, oh, you got to get a boat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm inching towards his, I don't have a boat yet, but I know a lot of people on our staff at the Times Review do. And, and it's such a special 
um, benefit of living in the area. So this is a guide to, you know, maybe you're boat curious. You want to know what's involved, what's what it's going to cost, what are some of the unseen, um, you know, aspects in terms of the commitment and the costs that you might want to consider. Um, and then if you're not quite ready to buy a boat, there's also some information on these cool boat clubs in the area at um, Strong's Marine and, at, um, you know, uh, some of the other marinas, you can join and use any of their boats throughout the summer for a certain fee without actually purchasing a boat. So it's sort of low commitment to high commitment. Yeah. I love those boat club ideas that they're so amazing. And Sarah, I love that you brought up that you almost immediately thought of buying a boat. I mean, it does honestly feel that way. Um, when my husband and I moved out here six years ago, he, I remember the summer after you were here for like the first full year, he was like, I think we should get a boat. My husband can't swim. I mean, we've (laughs) never like done anything boating before other than just enjoying being out on other people's boats. But that is, it's it's contagious almost that like needing to be on the water and take advantage of all of the beautiful water around us. So um, yes, if you don't want to buy your own boat, then the boat clubs are definitely the way to go. Yes, or find a friend with a boat. Show them this article, talk them into it, and then you've got a perfect setup. Definitely. Chances are, if you are a North Forker, you know someone with a boat, at least one person. Right. To that end, Alina, I definitely think you should buy a boat. (laughs) I'll have have my husband work on that again. We have to learn how to swim first, though. Or he does. Yeah, maybe put that one first on on the list. Uh, Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining me and talking about our upcoming March issue, which will be on newsstands at the end of this week. Um, It was such a fun issue to work on, and I love how springy it feels, and it's so nice to start a brand new year of magazines with you both. Yeah, I'm super excited. Me too. I hope everyone will let us know what they think, and um, if you have ideas for us, feel free to reach out. Well, thanks again, and everyone will see you again next week. Bye. Bye.